Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I am Chad Simpson, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jim Good. How's it going, Jim? Man, it's going great, Chad. Good to be with you, buddy. Let's go. Well, we are so excited uh, about today's guest. Uh, just in, in podcast world, this guy is at the top of the list. Um, we got Stuart Hardy coming on, um, and Stuart is the co-founder and podcast host of the All In Sports Outreach. Uh, they've done a phenomenal job really reaching out to Texas high school football coaches, and we know how huge that is. Um, huge mission field that, that they're in and uh, doing amazing things. Um, but we're we're so excited. Jim, you got you got any uh, highlights before we get into this one? Yeah, Chad. Well, like you said, with the All In podcast, I think they did about 180 plus shows. And I love that theme, All In. And I enjoyed hearing his story, especially when he was sharing about getting these you know, ideas, these dreams and making sure they were, you know, not just good ideas, but God ideas, but then to act on those ideas and just, uh, you know, the journey that God had on his life. I think towards the end, I, I was able to relate a little bit. Uh, he was sharing as a dad and his oldest son going off to college and just the idea of that connection and making sure he was ready and just that advice. So and enjoyed hearing that perspective about being a father. For sure. And and he also gets into where all this ministry started, what what was kind of the trigger and the onset um, for that and uh, and even what uh, what his father has meant to him. And there's there's so much in here, uh, emotional one, uh, full of wisdom. This guy's talked to, like you said, over 100 uh, Christian coaches and in the podcast world. And we're just so excited to share this one with you. We're ready to get into this one right now. Stuart Hardy, when uh, when I first got into podcasting, um, I just tried to do research, figure out uh, who's who's doing sports ministry, who's doing podcast stuff. I found Jason Romano and I found Stuart Hardy. And you're so kind to pick up the phone and give us some pointers here starting out. And now we're in season three and uh, 90 plus episodes in. So just personal thank you for for your help and, and guidance. And uh and yeah, we're just so excited to have you on and just hear your your experience and expertise uh, in this subject. But um, just from your experience of interviewing so many coaches on, on the All in Sports podcast, uh, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Well, first of all, just thank you for reaching out and allowing me to be on. Um, I will say it's easier to be in your seat. I enjoy asking the questions, <laughs> but uh, no, it really is an honor to be here. But you know, as I was thinking about that question, as I was looking over the questions, um, my mind went a lot of different places to a lot of different people I've talked to. And whether it's an assistant coach at a 2 3A high school to an NFL Hall of Fame head coach and everybody in between, when I think of a Christian coach, I think of a man or a woman that understands identity, meaning that Yes, their job is to win games, and they can lose their job if they don't, but that's not who they are. Their identity is found in Christ, and when that identity is, is understood, then I think it gives them the freedom to then be a better coach and understand that, yes, they need to win. Yes, 
you know, they need that on-field success, but they're also developing men and women who will be husbands and wives and dads and moms one day. And without that understanding of identity, then I, I believe athletes get a false view of what it means to be a man or what it means to be a woman. And with the right view of identity, I think the Christian coach is then better able to, to show them what it's like to, to love a wife, to, to love a son, to love a daughter, um, to be a good citizen, to be a, just a, a good, a good teammate. So that's, that's kind of the, as I was thinking back through all the coaches I've talked to, that's the one thing that, that I think all of them may not say those exact words, but a lot of things point back to that. For sure. That's really good. And just getting into that identity. Um, there's no, I think we can agree that there's just nobody better than, than a coach to, to be in the uh, trenches with them and, and show these young people uh, what it means to be a man and a woman, just as you said. Um, but just, I want to go back um, just to the, to the genesis of, of your ministry. And uh, as I was uh, reading, reading more about you, it sounded like there was a trip to the country of Belize that, that really um, made, made a huge difference. Um, but just curious, what was going on in your life um, for you guys to, to start uh, this all in sports outreach? Absolutely. And I'll, I'll try to give you the, the, the brief version, but it's a, it's a story that it's impacted my life in, in, in many different ways. It started with, I'll, I'll just lay the groundwork that my parents were missionaries in Belize. After my dad retired, they moved down there full time. Wow. And I started going, and my dad had been going down for 20 plus years for a week at a time. And then it grew to three or four weeks a year. And he never really pressured me to ever go. Um, and he led teams that did construction, medical and dental. And in 2009, um, I just said, Dad, I, I want to come check this thing out. And so I went with a group of men. We started doing some construction trips. I did that for four years in a row. Every January, a group of men would go down and serve. Um, it's it life-changing to get out of your comfort zone for a week and just go serve. It's hard work. But also serving with my mom and dad in that capacity and seeing the joy really, really impacted me in ways that I it's hard to articulate. And then 2013, he, he asked if our family wanted to come down for a spring break, just so at the time, I think my kids were probably second grade and in, in pre-K or somewhere around there, um, maybe third grade in, in kindergarten. But anyway, we went down for a week and just so my wife could see Belize, so my kids could see what grandparents are doing. And, and it really impacted our family. Um, in a lot of ways, but a lot of it was just our kids got to see the people with much less have a lot of joy. Mm. Um, and so my son, who I just dropped off at college, um, said, Daddy, I want to go on a mission trip with you. And I said, son, I just, you know, we've it's it's construction. It's during January. It's always during school. I, I just don't think it's going to work. It. I don't think you're ready. And um, and I'd asked my dad a couple of times about doing some different things, maybe like some some more outreach focused, uh, specifically sports. And when I mentioned it, it was not the best idea. And then grandson mentions it, it becomes a great idea. Um, and so several things happened. We put together a basketball camp. We put together a team 
um, of folks, a, a family from Iowa found us online, had a deep roots in basketball. They went, some friends back home and originally from Selma, Alabama. And um, so we were going to go down and about, that was going to be August, 2014. Well, April, March, 2014, my dad has a routine surgery, had some complications, had to fly him back to the States in early April, and then unexpectedly passed away at the, at the end of April, 2014. And, and so that just, you know, rocked our whole family because they urgently left. Um, everything they, they had there was still there. They thought they were coming back to the States for a couple of weeks and, you know, and be back. Um, and that's what we thought. Um, so after that, you know, we spent a couple of weeks just trying to figure out, okay, we got this trip in August. What does it look like? And um, I just felt, we felt very strongly that, um, we needed to do it, um, and that my mom would go down with us and that it would kind of be closure for her. We would take her down. She didn't go back until, until that August would have a service down there and kind of close, kind of close it up for her. My brother who had never gone down the mission trip to, to Belize actually came down for a few days and helped pack. And, um, it was just an, an incredible time. And then we had a, a great week of basketball camp on, on top of that, but, it was such a perfect week in that we honored my dad throughout the week um, and still almost nine years later, eight years later, it still get, gets emotion. So, so excuse me for that. But um, and, and God just really worked um, ministry wise as well. But I just felt like coming home that that was closure on Belize and just wasn't sure what it looked like and stayed in touch with a couple of friends that were on that trip. And we just like, who knows what's going to happen. And then you're going into spring of 2015, being from Selma, Alabama, that was the 50th anniversary of the civil rights March. And so we started thinking about, well, maybe, maybe something at home. It's easy to go to another country for a week and serve because you you turn your cell phones off, you get away from work, you just go, you get away from everything and you go for seven days and you serve, but what about serving at home? And, but then everybody in the country was coming to sell months. It's like, well, that's, you know, who knows? Well, literally to the day of my dad's passing, my son, who just dropped off at college, posted this silly video on Instagram of him dunking a Nerf hoop in his, um, in his room. And it just, I mean, silly as innocent. It was nothing. Well, it just started this conversation on Instagram about, hey, let's have a reunion of the basketball camp group, um, and hey, let's do it in Selma. And it was kind of this joke in a way. And then one one of my friends off to the side, he messaged me, but kind of like that whole elementary, do you like me, yes or no? He's like, hey, are you serious? Check yes or no. And I'm like, I'm serious if you are. And so we did, and we just felt like, just given everything that's happening in Selma that we shouldn't have so we shouldn't put under one church's umbrella. We need to, you know, needed to have something. And so the theme of our basketball camp in, in Belize was all in Colossians 3:17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I literally on the phone with him on uh, May the 1st, um, 2015, I Googled all in sports outreach. The name was available. I literally, we registered the name and said, we're going to do this in June. And so we just started contacting every church in Selma. And there's, and there's a lot of churches in for a small town, business folks. We knew local politicians, we contacted everybody and, 
And God was very generous in providing funds to, because our idea was we wanted to go into the poorest neighborhood with basketball goals and do a camp there. People told us we were dumb. We were crazy. Let's just take everybody to the YMCA. They got a gym. We're like, yeah, but we want to go to the people. So we did that. And that's really how it started. We did that for three years in a row. We'd spend a week. Um, they're doing basketball camp at two or three different locations in Selma. And, um, and then right after that, well, I'm sorry, before we stopped doing the camps, the podcast was born um, just with this idea that, you know, you mentioned Jason Romano. I love Sports Spectrum. I'm a huge fan of his podcast. And I just started talking to a friend of mine. I'm like, it's great. But what about the local coach? Do they have a voice? And I'm not a techie. And he's like, start your own podcast. I'm like, whatever. And so we did it. And one of the first guys I, I still credit today is Logan Simmons, who I think you you interviewed recently. And um, it's kind of like this multi-level marketing thing. After I talked to him, he's like, hey, call these five coaches and get them on. And then that's how it, it just really grew. And um, and and so that's how All In Sports, All In Sports Outreach started. And, you know, we shifted uh, late 2019 just for – a number of reasons away from the in-person camps just because we weren't able to sustain relationally that well. And so just focused on the podcast and, and other stuff we do online. That's so good. I have so many questions I'm curious about, um, <laughs> but can, can you just, uh, so currently uh, I know you guys just released an awesome devotional. Can you just tell us everything that, that your ministry entails now? Yeah, right now uh, the podcast kind of been on three or four month break, just for some various reasons. A lot of it's just my own personal schedule and just kind of taking a sure. break, but starting the podcast back up. Um, and you mentioned the devotional. That was something that grew out of COVID. We, we start, we noticed, and I'm sure you noticed the same thing, mostly in the football world, but all sports, but football, especially on Twitter, as soon as things shut down March of 2020, you saw these virtual football clinics, high school, college pro coaches getting on together and they were going on seven, eight hours a day. And so Logan and I, I text Logan about two or three weeks into this. I said, hey, what if we put a Zoom link out? You know, all these coaches going to these football clinics, let's do a virtual coaches fellowship and we're just going to get on Zoom. I don't know what it's going to look like. We'll share a devotional pray for one another. Well, that went on for strong for about a year. Uh, we had coaches, men, women, different levels, high school, college on Sunday nights. Um, we haven't done it regularly. It was weekly. Um, and just because everybody's gotten back into, you know, quote unquote normal. And so it's just been a little more difficult. Um, that's something that was huge. And through that, there's a large group of coaches that from all the country that we go through a different book of the Bible um, every year. And I think it was two, two years ago, the chaplain, Johnny Shelton for the Baltimore Ravens posted a picture of the, Hey, the Ravens are going through the book of October and November. I mean, in going through the book of Proverbs in October, who's in basically, you know, one of those things. And so I just tagged a couple of buddies and said, Hey, who wants to read Proverbs? And it grew into this large group that we just do a different book of the Bible every, every month. And we, you know, there's 200 people in the group probably. And I don't know how many are actively every day reading that book and a handful every day will share their favorite verse, but it's just such an encouragement. And you'll see through that guys going through a tough time in their marriage, a tough time in their walk with Christ, or maybe, losing their job and coaching. And, you know, as people just start sharing prayer requests, we have that. And then through that, the love of Proverbs just really grew because we, we read Proverbs every October and May now as, as a group. And so 
we started thinking about some different things we could do. And a, a friend of mine who's a missionary down in Argentina um, just mentioned, hey, have you ever thought about putting together a devotional? I'm like, heavens, no. I'm, no, there's no way. Um, and so we talked and another another one of those ideas, he's like, it's, it's not hard. Amazon's made it easy. And so we started about a year and a half ago. I just started contacting some coaches and says, hey, here's this idea we have. Would you be willing to write? Um, that this a just pick a chapter in Proverbs and we're going to give you the format and the idea that it's it's four coaches written by coaches. It's not Stuart writing. I was the the, the coordinator of it all. Um, and so we put that book out. It, it took us a lot longer than we planned, but you know, God's timing and it came out January of this year. And it's unbelievable what God has done just through simple social media posts because coaches love Twitter and just retweeting things and just the the testimonies we've heard of of guys calling one was a, a high school coach in Georgia called a guy who coached in the college ranks and said dude your brother wrote the devotional for Proverbs 1 you know and it just really touched me so just lots of stories like that and we've had you know, division one head football coaches that a lot, you know, they're not going to put on Twitter that much that they bought a new devotional, you know, but we've got messages from, from those guys, how much has blessed them, but just, I can't tell you, I, mean, I, I hear or see on Twitter probably once a week, still the book is still being purchased. Um, you know, another testimony from it um, that just blows me away is I had a guy reach out to me about two months ago and he's, he owns a company that they, sell the help football help athletic programs with the fundraising the little discount cards or you know whatever it may be and he's like hey i bought 30 year books on amazon i'm giving them the coaches but can i come by he lives in the dallas area where i do and he goes can i just get a hundred i said absolutely and when do you want them and he just every school he goes in he takes them to the ad and all the head coaches you know these are public schools he's taking them the devotional book of proverbs so um, it just shows that God's plans are bigger than yours and mine. And when we're obedient, it's and kind of get out of the way, which is not easy. He just takes it and blows it up. And that's because that's the three main things as a as as a ministry we're we're really doing now. We got a couple other small things that we're involved in, but those are the those are the big items. That's awesome. And and uh just huge credit to you and and not many. Um, not many people have these big dreams and, and ideas, and, and many do and, and don't act on them. Um, can you just maybe speak into, you know, what what would you tell that that person listening? Like, I have this idea, I have this dream, but I, I don't know how to put feet to it. Um, can you just speak to that? Yeah, do it. Don't, don't sit, just do it. And But the main thing is to find at least three or four people that'll come alongside you and encourage you and push you and not let you stop. Because I believe those dreams, those visions, you know, if you've prayed through them and you truly believe that those are God visions and God dreams, then do it and then get out of the way and let him, and and let him, blow it up far more than you could ever imagine. Um, but I, I do think the key is make sure it's truly a God vision, a God dream that you have people walking alongside you that are going to encourage you 
and holds you accountable because it's very easy. Um, and this is a struggle. I think a lot of people in ministry, um, and, and I'm not going to say I've never struggled with it or don't struggle with it is when you, when you start seeing success and it's, you see a lot of it now through social media, um, it's very, the, the temptation to go, look what I did becomes real. And, and don't ever think that when you have those visions and dreams from God, that he's put those in, in you to build you up, you know, to raise you up. It's, it's to, it's to give the platform to make him known. And as long as the focus stays on doing it for God's glory, then do it. Mm, that's really good advice. That's really good advice. And, um, one, one other subject that I wanted to kind of pick your brain on and just out of, um, all your interviews, you know, Texas high school football is, is just like uh, God, you know, small, small G to, to so many. And I've never been to Texas, honestly, but just seeing, seeing the movies and, and just hearing about it from other coaches, just how big it is. Um, but just w- what would you say um, are the most important keys for a, a Christian coach to stay strong in their faith in, in the midst of this huge uh, sports arena? Yeah, I think it goes back to what I said at the beginning is, is understand who you are and whose you are um, and what you do is not who you are. You know, you're not um, Stewart's not or Coach Simmons is not defined by his job title at Academy ISD. You know, he is a, a child of God who happens to be a football coach um, because you know, it goes, you know, your profession does not define you, but I will say, but you're right. Um, it is a God little G to a lot of people. Um, and it, and it's very dangerous and coaches I've seen coaches get, um, go through some hard times because the pressure. Um, and then, you know, you, when you start feeling pressure, it's easy and, and that's your livelihood. You have a family to provide for. It's very easy to then compromise and, you know, maybe make some decisions that aren't the best because they're short-term gain. And, you know, so, you know, obviously when, when, when these coaches are building staffs, they want to hire the best offensive coordinator, the best defensive coordinator, but character matters. So hiring not just good football coaches – but good men and good women on your staff that that can, you know, hold you as a coach accountable because it's very easy. Just like any any profession, if you're in sales, I got friends in sales, you know, and they start having some success, you know, pride comes in or they're not meeting their numbers and their boss says, hey, this month, if you don't meet it, you're done. You know, and coaches get told that all the time. Hey, this is your year. And, you know, if you don't make the playoffs this year, you're done. And so that's when it gets very difficult, um, I think, to, to remember whose you are, that you are a child of God. And, and you, can't, you can't put it all into, hey, I've got to win seven games or, or I'm fired. Because if you start coaching that way week in and week out, you're going to compromise your, your values. You're, going to be a, you're not going to be a good husband. You're not going to be a good dad. And I've seen it. I've seen it happen to guys. And it's, it's unfortunate. But um, – it's, it's the pressure. So it's just staying grounded in who you are and, and understand that um, we all face tough times. It's, you know, 
being a follower of Christ doesn't mean that I'm going to win 10 games every year and then I'm going to have success. I'm on the perfect marriage and I'm going to be the perfect dad. And I'm going to have a lot of trials, but when those trials come, understand the purpose of them, you know, and, and, and the Bible is clear that a lot of times, you know, those trials are either to perfect us or correct us. So God is using all things, Romans 8, 28, the good and the bad for the good for those who love the Lord. So, you know, even though, you're on, you know, you're going through that difficult time. God's using it and, and just understanding that and not getting sucked into the pressure of performance. Anytime we get in performance based, we're in trouble. That's really good. That's really good advice, Stuart. Thanks so much for sharing that. And I, I wanted to go back, uh, as you were sharing before about being in Belize and, and your father, there's a quote, um, uh, says, uh, if you see a turtle, on a fence post, you know, he didn't get there by himself. And, um, and just, you know, your, your ministry, uh, your vision, how you're carrying out these goals, you can just tell that there've been great, great mentors and inputs in your life. Um, but just, just curious, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear about your, your father's uh, sudden passing, but as you reflect on, on his life as a missionary and, and as a father, is there a, a top lesson or two that you really have, have taken and, and wanted to, um, copy? Yeah, it, it really, it comes down to legacy. Um, in the last few days, probably the last week, but really the last few days of his life, when we kind of knew the outcome, um, I was, my mom was inundated with just a lot of emotions and, you know, and so I was kind of handling her cell phone and so a lot of, a lot of communication. And my dad was a pilot for years um, for his real job. And the one thing that really struck me the last few days of, of his life. And um, I shared this at his funeral and, and I share with anybody that ever asked me advice um, was I'll, a, a number of people came by and they never talked about whether he was a good pilot, a good soldier. You know, they would always tell me what type of man he was. And I, one in particular, there was a, a one-star general um, that my dad loved, admired, loved to fly him. He flew full-time for the Army National Guard. And this guy was a big infantry guy. He was a, a tank officer, you know, before he ascended to, to, to general. And we were in the hospital waiting room there at UAB in Birmingham, massive hospital, and this loud voice in the, in the, the waiting room is packed. He said something to the effect of Hardy family. And I'm like, who is this guy? My mom said, that's General Bowen. And at that point, my mom was very guarded on who she let go back and see dad just because it, you know, just just because we knew the last days. And she said, Stuart, it's okay to take General Bowen back. And this, again, massive guy. So we go back there and he's on one side of my dad. I'm on the other side. And he, he wants to pray over my dad. And he says, son, let me tell you something. He points his finger. He's real loud. He said, your dad loved Jesus and he loved other people. He was a good man. That just struck me because, again, it was never anything about what he did for a living. It wasn't, he described my dad's life and what I hope if something suddenly happens to me that a coworker, you know, not somebody that I've served in ministry with, some, not somebody at my church, but a coworker can look at my kids and go, your daddy loved Jesus and he loved others. He was a good man. Mm. Um so legacy, um, I think, is, is, is a big thing because in reality, that's why we're here, so love God and love others. And, 
you know, and too oftentimes we get distracted by defining success um, by the world standards. And so um, that that's the lesson I took away. Um, it wasn't the stuff he bought me. It wasn't the fun airplane. I mean, lots of great memories, but when one by one people that he worked with told me that he loved Jesus and loved others, that really stood out to me. Cause like I said, it's easy for people in ministry or fellow church members to say that, but when it's people that he worked with say that it just, it really blew me away and still eight over eight years later, I still think about it um, and try to, and try to evaluate my own life based on that. I wish I you know, could tell you I had it all figured out, but I'm still trying to figure out what that looks like every day. But that's major, major impact um, because I knew those things, um, but I didn't go to work with them every day. So to hear it from those people and people that um, worked for him and people you worked for, mm-hmm. you know, saying those things, it just, it really just still just really brings emotions in me and, um, but also puts a smile on my face because I know that's why we're all here. I'm sure. Well, well, thank you for sharing that. And, um, and my father has faced a few health health issues recently. And to, to think about that is, is tough. Um, and, and now you, you drop off your son, uh, this week at, at college and just this thought on before we started recording, you said, I feel he's ready. Um, I'm just curious what, what did you do to try to train him um, as a man, so that you know, at 18, going off to college, that you you're confident that he's ready. Time, spend time with him. I think it's huge. Something my dad did. Um, you know, I grew up in a small town, and we did a lot of hunting and fishing. And my dad would always tell us, "You can, you can play all the sports in the world, and I'll be there. We can go hunting and fishing. We're not doing both." And so, you know, just so not not letting your kids overcommit and get pulled into how many things they can do at one time is finding a couple things and, and being involved with them, you know, be involved in their school, be involved in their sports teams, you know, take them to church. Don't send them to church. Um, you know, be, be, be a man that takes your family to church. I think is huge being involved in the church and, you know, just taking him on that mission trip. I don't even know if I mentioned that he went on that mission trip in summer of 2014 to Belize and, you know, serving with him just really started, you know, we just enjoyed serving together and, and God just really um, got a hold of his heart. Um, and I mean, challenged, challenged my wife and I a lot, you know, the last year and a half or so hosted a Bible study for fellow athletes at our house on Sundays, you know, and just knowing that he wants to lead that um, is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, seeing him grow in his faith, it, it made me keep pushing forward as well. Um, because I knew, you know, he was watching and, and they watch, I mean, I know little kids, you know, my kids are younger. They repeat everything you say and guess what they still do. Um, so, you know, just, just knowing that they're always around, but don't ever, and I almost went down this path when he was very young of chasing a career and, and where I met, I was, when I was home, I wasn't home and I missed things. And so just ensuring that you're spending that quality time with them and not just counting the hours at your home as quantity, because quantity time means nothing. 
if there's no quality. And so I hope he would say the same thing, but um, I think, I think he's was ready for this move because it's something he saw. He's, he's playing division three football and that's just something he, he really, really wanted. And, and, and we, we told him if that's what you really want, then we will do what we can to make it happen, but you need to, to really want it. And he, he chased it and, um, he told he told me about two years ago, year and a half, two years ago, that I kind of knew God. He's kind of see God working on his heart, um, and he said, "Dad, I think God's calling me to be a coach." Um, and when your son says he's being called to coach, I, you you know his relationship with Christ is solid, because um, nowadays nobody just goes into coaching because they love, you know, just because they want to be a coach. I mean, it, I think it truly is a calling, um, and so yeah, I just I just think that. Uh, just make sure that they're um, walking with Christ and encourage them, you know, every now and then I, don't, I didn't do it enough. Um, I was convicted laying in the hotel room the night before we moved him in. I, I asked him, I said, so son, what do you, you know, you're, you're about to be really busy. What, what are you currently reading in scripture? You want to make sure you have a, a, a plan that you have that now that you're going to be off in college, learning a whole new life, college football that you're staying in the word and that's something i i wish that we, we would have talked about a little bit more but you know just ensuring that they they see you studying the words they know it's important my my oldest son is eight and uh it's a great encouragement and, and challenge for me here in 10 years to to spend time with him and quality time as you said and um, this has been uh, a gift to to get to hang out with you here for for a little bit, and uh, you know sometimes as I agree with you uh, that podcasting it's easier to ask the questions than to get interviewed, <laughs> and um, so uh, I think it's special though for for everyone that does listen to your podcast to hear just a little bit more about your story, and so thank you for sharing with us, and um, just uh, we we like to end just with prayer, and so is there anything that we can be be praying for uh, with you about? You know, just this whole transition of a son in college, because I'll be honest, I um, it was hard for me to leave him because we are very close. Um, so just as, as my wife and I figure out this new normal of we have um, twins that are going to be sophomores this fall. So just feel it, you know, figuring out this new stage of life with balancing traveling his ball games and um you know, and spending time with our twins because honestly, the last two falls have been more about Miles, our oldest, because he played varsity football. So Friday nights, home and away, you're at every game. And mm-hmm. so that we would figure out the balance of going to see him in college, but also, you know, we've got three more years with William and Anna at home. And so how can we maximize that? Mm, that's good. Well, let's pray right now. Thank you. Well, Lord, we just bow down before you and just declare, God, that you are the creator and you are our savior. Thanks so much for sending Mm. Jesus to the cross and um, bringing us back into relationship with you uh, through his blood. And um, God, thanks so much for Stuart, for him to uh, be bold and say yes and and put feet um, to these prayers and to this vision and for all of his ministry. Just uh, thank you so much for that and pray that you continue to sustain him and, and bless him. And right now we should lift up Miles uh, at college and uh, that he would just be a bright light there and raise him up as, a, as an amazing, influential uh, Christian coach. Um, 
and just pray for their schedule, God, that you just bless uh, this fall schedule and, and fill in those gaps. Um, and we just give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 An incredible conversation with Stuart Hardy. Uh, enjoyed hearing a lot of his story. And like you said, Chad, the emotion, the passion of, you know, his dad and then uh, being a dad himself. But also, I, I liked how he talked a little bit about missions trips and, and, and going on that trip. And he had a quote that said, people with much less have the most joy. And I think he saw that firsthand. And I am a proud supporter of missions trips. So for any coaches that have this opportunity to travel, take their team, their family on a missions trip, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Jim. And for me, I, I was 16 when I was able to first go on a, a missions trip to an Indian reservation in North Dakota. We did some inner city Chicago stuff uh, with some Spanish speaking churches. And, and I was able to just leave the country for the first time uh, this last May. And yeah, like you said, a life changer. And so we just highly encourage you, coach, however you can work that into your, your sports um, schedule. If you can get a five day or a two week in, um, yeah, it's going to be life changing and really impact the ministry that you do uh, back on on campus. And if you're at a Christian school to be able to take your, your whole team, um, that that would just be a game changer. Um, and just the other the other thing that stood out to this uh, to this interview was just that thought on uh, when you have these little dreams and ideas like as Stuart was talking. It, it seemed so normal and natural to just start a nonprofit, to start a podcast, to write a devotional. Um, and and yeah, we were just uh, so impressed by by his ability to just act on those um, those, you know, Holy Spirit nudges. And um, yeah, Jim, you have you have some some wisdom here. And I don't know if I got any wisdom, but like you said, um the idea that came to my mind after reading Craig Rochelle's book, Lead Like It Matters, is these, is it a good idea or a God idea? And I think a lot of times uh, we'll get ideas. And I know for me personally is to express that idea, maybe talk to my dad, some mentors, um, different people in my life and just share maybe the vision, the dream, um, something that I would like to pursue. So I think, um, yeah, definitely testing it, talking about it, gets that idea kind of out in the open. Yes, that's really good advice. That's really good advice. And uh, just for our listeners, we're just thankful for you guys to join, be joining us on this journey. You know, we're learning from leaders, we're, we're growing ourselves, and we're just excited that we can kind of hit record and share that with with you all too. And just the greatest gift you can give if, if you're able to rate this podcast, give it a five-star, um, give it a little review. Um, that would just be a huge blessing. And, and just if you help share word of mouth or through social media, uh, these things really help um, just so we can continue sharing these conversations with others. But uh, coach, we uh, we pray for you. We love you. Uh, we know you have a huge ministry. Keep going. And just remember that the mission field is right where you're at.